It's another edition of the Deep Slant Podcast. I'm your host, D.P. Sidhu, and joining me today, I'm super excited about my guest today. It's Director of Rehab, Associate Head Athletic Trainer here for the Houston Texans, Roland Ramirez. Roland, welcome to my podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for the invite. Uh, pleasure to be here. I've been wanting to have you in here 11 seasons in the NFL. You've worked with the Falcons, the Titans, and with the Texans ever since I've been here, at least. Um, you know, I want to talk to you about everything from rehab to what your job is like to what you foresee in the future. I've got lots of ground that I want to cover with you. But for all of you that are listening, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave a review. Uh, Roland, first of all, you deal with rehab and the injuries, and everyone knows what this team went through last year. But how different is this process for professional athletes versus the average person person wanting to rehab from an injury? Sure. Uh, you know, it's, it's a great question. Uh, the guys at, at this level, you know, first of all, are they're elite athletes. You know, they're they're superior athletes and the best in the world um, with this sport. You know, um, as far as you know, injuries go. I mean, these guys are just highly motivated, so determined to get back, and and their mentality is just um, a lot of times unmatched in, in what they do. And so, as I progress them in their rehabs and challenge them with new things and new goals, new milestones, as we you know proceed through the rehab process, a lot of times they challenge me as much as I challenge them. And so that that forces me to be creative in my exercises, um, keep them engaged, and, and we see these guys on a daily basis for hours and hours a day. Sometimes it's four hours a day, sometimes it's eight hours a day, depending on the injury and what they have going on with their daily schedules. But in in the in the real world and what people do outside of here, you might you might have therapy, you might have rehab uh, two or three times a week, and uh, maybe an hour or two hours max, unless they're at a some kind of sports performance place. And you know, there no offense to any weekend warriors or people that that get injured, um, they are definitely determined to get back to their daily and active lifestyle. Um, but it's just different here, and and with these guys, with with their mentality, and um, you know what they have to to get back to, to be able to compete at a high level. Um, and, and for me to be involved in that process and help them through that process is, is pretty special. And so it's just, it's just different, you know, cause I get to spend so much time with these guys. You're like the first point of contact for a lot of these players, especially the guys in rehab. They see you every day for hours on end. And I know that with players returning from injury, a lot of times they talk about how they go through this emotional roller coaster. You know, will I ever be able to play again? If I do play, will I be the same again? How much of your job is not just the rehab, but being like a mental coach to these players to bring them back and, and make sure that they stay positive throughout the whole process? Sure. No, that that plays a big factor. And, you know, that's something that, um, you know, I tried to really help them out with. Um, a lot of these, a lot of times, I mean, these guys have families or, um, you know, they have little ones at home that they, they're having to, to take care of and, and their spouse. And so when they have a, a big injury, a significant injury, that, that's a hit to them. And, and they start worrying about maybe their family situation or am I ever going to play again? And, and those are all legitimate questions. And and so we are sometimes the first point of contact. There's no doubt about it. And and if they need surgery, then, then we just, you know, we try to help them through that process, make it as seamless as possible, try to um, – you know, guide them through that and counsel them through that. And, and even when they, 
you know, return from the hospital and, and they're back with us starting the, you know, the initial stage of rehab. Uh, it's just coaching them up and, and being positive and you're going to get back, you know, and try to just, you know, really um, infiltrate them with positive reinforcement and, and really just try to help them along. Cause it is, it's a crushing blow, you know, to these guys when they have these kind of injuries. And so just, helping them through that and telling them to take it day by day and week by week and month by month. And they'll be out running before they know it. And they'll be out playing football before they know it again. So uh, just trying to help them through that process is definitely a, a big part of, of what we do. And, and you have to empathize with them. Um, and, and sometimes you just have to, you have to be able to coach them through like, this is normal. You know, what you're feeling right now with your soreness is, is normal. We just got to keep pushing. Do you give other examples so, of, Oh, when so-and-so went through a similar injury or was having the same mindset, like, you're able to rely a lot on your, your experience with the other players. Absolutely. Too, right? Absolutely. Yes. And, and we, I got to think that'd be so helpful. It is. It is. And we, you know, if, especially if it's a guy that they played with before, you know, and be able to say, Hey, this guy had this same situation or when he, you know, had this injury, you know, then, then we're able to share those examples and, you know, kind of share that experience with them. And then they, they start, it starts to click with them and like, all right, I, I got it. Yeah. Okay. This is normal. And I can keep going. Our, a few years ago, Hard Knocks was here and one of the mm-hmm. episodes focused on Jadevian Clowney coming back from that microfracture surgery that everyone was talking about. How will he come back? What will he look like when he comes back from it? And in that particular episode, he thanked you and talked about everything that you had done for him to get him back on the field. Did you get a chance to see that, and, and what was that like for you professionally? I know you guys work behind the scenes so tirelessly, but to have a player actually come out and say that, that had to have meant a lot. Yeah, no, it, it was special, and that, that was uh, it was neat for to hear that from Clowney. And, and you know, we're, we're definitely behind the scenes, and, and you know, we, we never ask for that, and we don't – that's not what we seek. And, and, you know, we're here for the players and try to help them out as much as possible and and, and try to help these guys get back to, to playing football and helping us as a football team and, and win football games. Um, but to hear that in those special moments and, and Clowney and, and others have have thanked us for for what we've done. And it's just it's we're really grateful for that. And, and it's an honor to be uh, named, you know, and, and thank like that um, and appreciated like that. And, and I, I know J.J.'s done the same thing. And so, you know, we're always we're grateful for that. Never, never really seeking that. But um, it, it is special when when they when they do acknowledge it and, and appreciate us for for all the hours we've kind of put in with them. But, um, you know, our, our glory comes from watching these guys get back to playing football and doing what they do, and that's that's what's special for us. All right, we're talking with Roland Ramirez, Director of Rehabilitation, Associate Head Athletic Trainer for the Houston Texans. I mentioned that you worked for a number of other teams, and last year with all the injuries that this team went through, I don't think any, anybody had seen anything like it, especially here in Houston. Was that the toughest year for you professionally, all the injuries, or have you been through a tougher season than that? in your profession? You know, although it was a tough season last year, um, I have, a, I've actually been through a tougher one. You have, I have, um, you know, last, last year, well, last year with a hurricane and then all the injuries, yeah, I mean, it was just one the, thing on the top hurricane of another. would definitely added, added something to it. And, uh, you know, with us being in Dallas and my family here and, right. uh, it, it was definitely a, a difficult task and, and very challenging. And then the injuries that we had, especially to the key players, but, uh, one that, that tops it in in my opinion was when I was with the Falcons uh, back in uh, this was in 2007 and um, so it was it was the year that uh, we had Michael Vick was oh, right. with the dog fighting case mm-hmm. and Bobby Petrino leaving the team 
And, um, you know, uh, on top of that, from a medical standpoint, I think we had six ACLs that year. Wow. Um, I, we had a couple ruptured pec tendons, uh, a ruptured quad uh, from, I, I think we had about 23 surgeries, you know, in that year. And so that to me with, with all the other <laughs> circumstances uh, and the protesting and the things that happened, that, that was, I've, I've told myself since then, if I could get through that year, I can get through anything. That's a good attitude to have. And you so. definitely don't want to break that record. Let that no. be, let that be your toughest year. We never want to right. surpass now, that. Now I, right? I never wish hurricanes upon any of us of again, course not. Right. but, uh, but that, that was definitely a challenging year from a medical standpoint. And then the other, you know, situations and your head ball coach leaving and everything else. So. All right. So on the flip side, what are some of your proudest moments being in this field? Um, I imagine it's got to be when you see a player run back on the f- on the field healthy yes. after going through a long rehab process. But is there anyone that stands out in your mind particularly? You know, one that stands out is maybe Cushing. You know, after he, he came back uh, from his ACL rehab and uh, it was a Monday night game to, to open a – I think it was to open the season in San Diego – Right, um, in 2013. I don't know if you were here for that. Yeah, yep, that was my first game, the second of the late-night West Coast doubleheaders. That's right, that's right. the pick six. And unfortunately, that was one of our few wins that year. But that was right? definitely a highlight but of the season. That was a yeah. highlight of the season. And so when, I think it was to tie the ball game, right, when he intercepted it yeah. and took it in for a touchdown. And uh, I remember bumping one of our guys and said, you know, that's why we do rehab right there, you know. And that's so that amazing. was a special moment um, with all the work that we put in and he put in especially. And, and to – to have that happen, you know, on Monday night game and, and to, to go in uh, with a pick six, that was that was special. That was fun. That, that was definitely special. Yeah. I was also going to mention David Questenberry. I know that was Jeff Kaplan yep. was out there yep. in and OTAs, yep. and that was also very recently. But to diagnose right. him, and, and we all know his story going through non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, but right. being able to ring the bell and then come back and then make that start. Sure, no. Uh, or at least see action on Christmas Day against yeah. the Steelers. Yeah, absolutely. And I was going to mention that as well. I mean, you know, Questenberry and the battle that, that he had, um, you know, it's just incredible. And, uh, you know, to see him, you know, get the pads on again and, and go out and do his thing at practice and, uh, you know, do it in the game. And it, those are just very, very special moments. And to see these guys, I mean, the list goes on and on with, with the guys that have uh, some pretty big injuries and are able to, to come back and, and just to be able to help them through that process and then eventually get out, uh, you know, onto that field and get their names called and run through that tunnel. Um, that that's what that's what we kind of live for, and and that's what's special, you know. And and when they, uh, uh, you know, just we always appreciate their hard work, and uh, and I know that deep down inside they uh, they appreciate what we do, and and that's we're just we're thankful for that, and we're in a we're in a really neat position to be able to just help them through that process, and that's where we get our glory is when these guys can return and and do their thing. It's a lot of responsibility too, because I know even with Questenberry, it was more a matter of. It wasn't just an injury that happened. It was something about him not looking right uh, for a few days, not quite being himself. And a lot of times players push through that. And for, for your team in particular, like I would think something like training camp where you've got 90 guys on the field mm-hmm. all at the same time. How do you keep an eye on everybody to make sure that no one's going through something that they're afraid to speak up about because everybody wants to, to be tough, everybody wants to make the team you know, is that probably the sure. biggest challenge is monitoring all these guys and making sure that all is well? Right. It, it definitely is challenging. And, uh, you, you really know, have to get to know them to know what's we normal do. for them. We have to, to get to know them, and that starts, you know, right after the draft and, and free agency and everything else when, when they're here, and, and we, we try to 
build a good rapport and a good foundation with these guys and, and try to get to know them so that they're comfortable with us and they're able to share certain things like, hey, Ro, I've got this going on. Hey, Cap, or any other athletic trainer that's in there and share something that maybe is going on that they're worried about. Um, but from from an injury standpoint and, and 90 players out there, I mean, there there are eight of us and uh, and then some summer interns that help us. You add us. a few people, right? We add a few people, some summer interns that uh, come in and help us during training camp. But we, we try to have every position covered and, and you know, just multiple eyes on, on each drill that's going on. Uh, and, and, I yes, I am involved with the rehab process and, and trying to work with them on a daily basis with that group. And then I come over and join the, rec- the other squad and try to, to monitor practice and stuff. But it is very difficult. It's uh, it's tough, and you have to manage multiple injuries a, a day. Usually, uh, a, a typical training camp. I mean, we're we can have anywhere from five to fifteen injuries sometimes. It seems um, like there's some days where it's like guys are just dropping dropping oh yeah. left and right. I don't know what it is about certain it days is. being tougher than others, or right. after so many days of being in camp, it seems right. like no. It's it's definitely sometimes it takes a, a couple of days before you start seeing a, a certain type of injury. Sometimes it's within the first five uh, five minutes of practice. I mean, we've we've had you know, a, a fracture and a ruptured Achilles tendon in the matter of uh, the first 10 minutes of a practice in training camp several years ago, you know, so it happens. And, um, you know, some, some are serious and some are not so serious and they might miss a, a day or two. Some might miss two, three weeks. Some might miss the rest of the season, depending on if they have to have surgery. And, and that starts at training camp and monitoring, eight, you know, 90 players and then going through the, through the season and, and IR and everything else. So it's definitely challenging. It, it's, uh, it, it's tough to manage sometimes and, and new things are always, you never know what's going to walk through the door. Sometimes a guy might be injured on Sunday, but really didn't think it was a big deal. And all of a sudden on Monday morning, he walks in and says, I couldn't sleep at, you know, last night at all. Sure. And, you know, lo and behold, he has, you know, a fracture or something wow. going on that we, you know, after we look at it on Monday morning. So um, it, it, there's always, there's never there's a dull a moment. And uh, so we're always having to just kind of manage things and evaluate things and, and try to do our best in handling the, each situation as they come. All right. You played football at Texas Tech. I did. So how much did that prepare you for this job? And did you always know that you wanted to go into sports medicine? Or did you think um, that your path was going to be more on the football side? No. You know, I, I always loved sports. I mean, just growing up, football, basketball, baseball, ran track. What position did you play, by the way? I was a DB and a, and a wide receiver. So I was a corner. Okay. I was a short little corner. Okay. I guess I had a little speed. So, seems but, it seems like it's something I would want to know for yeah. this for this interview. But go ahead, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but no, it's um, yeah, I I always enjoyed it, and you know, twenty twenty five years ago, uh, shoot, I'm, I'm dating myself, but that's a long time ago. That's hard to, that's tough to say. <laughs> but uh, back in high school, it, you blink uh, and it's and it oh, twenty years goes crazy. like that, Roland. Yeah. I totally understand that. I know it's crazy, but no, in in high school. Um, I started looking into looking into athletic training and and physical therapy. You did, I did, and uh, you know I I don't know I that's just you know I thought about an architect architecture job, uh, engineering, uh, different things, and and but there was just something that struck me about sports medicine and and just kind of resonated with me and who I am, and so, but I didn't want to give up on sports entirely either. Sure. So I, I had some offers to play baseball at some JUCOs and, and football at some smaller schools. And I just decided that my best friend was going to Texas Tech. And uh, I thought, you know, I can go up to, to Lubbock, Texas and, and maybe just try on. And, and 
um, you know, see, see what happens and, or walk on, sorry, excuse me. And, uh, so I, I walked on and, um, made the team with legendary coach Spike Dykes and, uh, and got to meet some really cool people. And Cliff Kingsbury, uh, was actually there and, uh, he's from New Braunfels. And so sure. he and I played against each other in high school. And so that was kind of cool. And, um, but I, I was no more than a practice dummy and, and ha- <laughs> had my fun with that. And, me being a you know vertically challenged that I am, I, I re- quickly realized that uh, you know I had to make a decision. You know, twenty years, ten years, fifteen years down the road, it wasn't going to be football, but maybe I can do athletic training and still stick with it. And so, I decided to hang up the cleats and I pursued you know the, my degrees and I got accepted into PT school and uh, athletic training and just went from there. Well, it's a good thing you did. You ended up receiving the 2016 AFC Tim Davies Assistant Athletic Trainer of the Year Award. You were also part of that 2013 Texan staff that was named Athletic Training Staff of the Year, and that's awarded by the Professional Football Athletic Trainer Society. So in your opinion, what is the measure of success in your field? I mean, how do you determine with, with these, all these different NFL staffs, you know, what is, you know, what is an award-winning staff? You've sure. obviously been a part of the two, but is there anything that stands about those two particular seasons to you? You know, um, not really, not necessarily. I mean, I I think when we won the staff of the year, I think that's, um, uh, I I really can't remember exactly what. Well, the 2013 was the uh, Brian Cushing, but I guess it, that was awarded after the 20. It was yeah. awarded after the 2013 season. Yeah, and I'm just trying to to think of. I thought there I was something like, else that happened. I feel like if if 2018 goes well, <laughs> then the 2017 staff should be awarded yeah. something, right? You know, I I don't know. <laughs> it's it's tough to say, and and I mean those are just great honors. Um. You know, they, they're they're voted on by our peers and, and the others in PFATS, the Professional Football Athletic Training Society, and so we get recognized or got recognized by them. And, um, you know, Jeff Kaplan nominated me um, for the Assistant Athletic Trainer of the Year Award and, and, I mean, just truly honored, you know, to, to be able to do what I love and and just to be recognized for that was really special. And, um, you know, the again voted on by by pfats it, it was um I, I don't know when you ask me the, the what the measure of success is you know i i don't know there's no really clear answer i think for I you think guys this, it's probably just getting guys healthy and back on the field and you really are kind right. of in your it, sounds, it seems like you're in your in your zone or in your bubble where you're just looking at each individual player and just wanting to get them out on the field right right and that's what i was about to say you know it, i think just being getting to this level and and working at this level is is what many would probably say is is a measure of success and and it definitely was i mean it was one of my goals to to be at this level you know back in high school like i mentioned earlier and so to be here is um is is just humbling and and i've been able to do that do this you know job for many many years and to be recognized with something like that um it truly was an honor and but you know i we just try to do our our job the best that we can each and every day and and with all all the injuries that happen. I mean, this is a this is a rough and tough sport that that right, we all know. Right, it's to be expected almost. And, and so, right, it's just it's one of those things. We we just try to do the best job that we can, and and each um, each injury is sometimes similar, but sometimes so different. And uh, when you're pushing so hard, sometimes you have to take a step back, or or things might happen. You might have a little setback, and that's just something that's unique to our setting because we have to push them to such a high level to be able to compete at such a high level. With, you know, in this league, and so it's just far different from anything else. 
And so it's, um, you know, treating these guys uh, each and every day and working with the guys that, that we do, it's, uh, that, that's what really what we find success, you know, that's our success when we can get them out on the field and, and get them back to playing football. Talking to Roland Ramirez, Director of Rehabilitation, Associate Head Athletic Trainer for the Houston Texans. All right, give me one thing that most people don't know about you or your job as an athletic trainer. Um, well, I think that uh, a lot of people judge us by, they, they just say that we are water boys, you know. And, uh, Who? That, that's, Who would uh, say that? Yeah, I know. And, and people reach out to us and say, I, I mean, I can hold a water bottle. I can do that. <laughs> And that hurts us. Um, I can, no, yeah, I don't, I don't blame but, you. Uh, but no, it, it's it, that's just sometimes a, that's the perception um, that's that's out there. But it's far beyond that. And um, I mean, you, know, you guys have to deal with cutting edge technology. Right. What's the latest in your field? You have right. to be a mental coach. You've got to be a physical coach. You've got to, you know, you, you're you're kind of like part therapist. Physical therapist and part psychiatric help sometimes yeah, with lot, these players right. going through some what is probably the biggest adversities of their lives. Absolutely, and, and that's that's a part of it, you know. But um, it, it's you know we have we have to go through accredited programs. We have to maintain our CEUs, our continuing education. And you're right, we have to we try to be as innovative and as creative and proactive as we can. Um, sports medicine is an ever evolving industry. And medicine in general is, and if we don't evolve with it, then it's going to move past us uh, without it. And you know, way back when there was a strength coach, uh, a strength conditioning coach that um, was a mentor of mine, is a mentor of mine, and uh, he he told me he mentioned something, said something to me that that has always just been my motto um, ever since. And he said, the day you get complacent is the day you're done in this league. And so that that was just just something that has always stuck with me. And, um, and and he's exactly right. I mean, medicine will continue to evolve, and we just have to be as proactive as we can and, and bring cutting-edge technology to them, or whether it's manual therapy techniques or something in athletic training or um, just any type of modality or, or unit machine that, you know, that we can use to, to be able to, um, you know, try to shave some days off uh, as far as them being able to return and and to try to promote the healing process as best we can. I mean, we we just try to bring a lot of that stuff um, to the athletic training room. But as far as um, people probably don't know how much how many hours we put in the off season, um, or maybe even during the season. You know, one of the most there's common, really no off season, right? I there think really isn't. Jeff Kaplan once said to me, we, "There's we play football games, and then there's we don't play football games. That's right. There's <laughs> a the season when seasons, we play. That's right. right. There's a season I'm, when we I'm play games. Misquoting him, but it basically that, that's that was absolutely the gist of it. right. Yeah, that's absolutely right. There's a season when we play games and a season when we don't. And you know, we we get that question a lot. What do you guys do in the off season? Do you get another job? And it's just, <laughs> just kind of full time job. Kind of laugh, it? yeah, because you know during training camp we put in ninety to one hundred hours a week. Uh, during the season, it's anywhere from eighty to ninety, depending on home or away games. And then during the off season, uh, you know, like during this time, we're putting in seventy hours a week. Um, with and that's o- in the with, off season. That's right. in the off season with OTAs and whatever else. And so, it's a grind. And you know, if right after the season, if if you're fortunate enough to make it into playoffs and 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 advance through that, um, two weeks after the Super Bowl is the the NFL Combine. And so that's the start of the right. the new year. You know, so if you're if you do not get into the playoffs, then you might have a few weeks uh, off uh, that you can, you know, kind of breathe and can, uh, you know, just relax just for a quick second. You're still having to do with surgery, deal with surgeries and, 
all the other things that, that happen during the season. Sure. And so all the off-season rehabs begin during that time. But two weeks after the Super Bowl is the NFL Combine. Then you're preparing for the draft. You're starting with the off-season program in mid-April. Um, you know, the the draft hits. You, you have all your players in. The free agency that starts, you know, That's a huge that part of the process, right? The right. medical the, evaluation. Right. right. And, and then – you know, with the off-season program and all the coaching sessions, once you get the rookies here, and then the OTAs that go all the way from June to July, and then in July you you training catch your camp. breath and then it's training camp. You know, so uh, I I think that that's the one thing a lot of people do not realize um, what goes in day to day with that, and and it's uh, it's difficult. It, it's a task, um, a daunting task. But uh, we love what we do. We wouldn't be here if. if we didn't enjoy that, you know, and, and so we, we signed up for it. We knew what we were signing up for, um, and and that, that's just part of uh, the love that we have with helping these guys and helping this team. You said that you have to keep up with the cutting edge of technology. Sometimes you're out there, you're working, and, and I know I've heard that there's something that you've actually developed to help other strength and conditioning uh, staffs and other teams and other rehab uh, other trainers out in the field. What is it that you saw that there was a need for, and what is what is it that you had worked on? I guess it's already out, and teams are using it, right? It is right. Um, it, it's called the DS2 platform, which is uh, stands for Dynamic Stabilization and Strengthening Platform. But um, it, it's just a device, basically, that I created uh, a few years ago, um, and I just felt that there was a need to to have a, a a rehab product that could help with, primarily with shoulders is what I initially um, developed it for and, and for it to do exercises on the wall. And uh, But one idea led to another. Um, I, I Essentially, it's a slide board. Uh, you've seen the slide boards. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with those or not that, that are on the ground, but it's essentially a slide board that you can put up on the wall. Okay. And uh, and so I, I paired it up with some gloves and, and have a pattern on it and uh, – and to be able to just do some shoulder rehab. But then, you know, again, one idea led to another, and, and I, I just – it adheres with Velcro, and you can remove it from the wall and place it on the floor, place it on a t- table, do all sorts of exercises with it. It's pretty functional, but um, several NFL – That's really cool. Yeah, several NFL teams have it, um, Major League Baseball and, and several universities and colleges all across the country and, and you know, physical therapy and athletic training, you know, uh, institutions and – just clinics all across them. So it's it's really neat. It's, uh, you know, for me, um, it, it's just neat to kind of contribute back to, to something I would, I, uh, care care for deeply. And, and so it, I'm just grateful that other people find it interesting and, and maybe a useful tool that they can use in their clinics or their, at their schools or at their, you know, performance centers or anything else. So. Was, there, was there a particular athlete or an injury or a situation that inspired you to create this? Because obviously you felt like there was a need for something like this. Right. You know, um, I, I mean, I guess just being familiar. I mean, in this profession, I mean, we've always done some exercises on the wall, whether it's tape on the wall or writing on a mirror or on a window or something. As a matter of fact, I was doing rehab with James Casey. Uh, he, I was uh, helping him with his shoulder, and uh, I was doing an exercise, an exercise on the wall. Uh, with a stability ball. Okay. And I looked down at our slide board and I thought, huh, like, why not, why not maybe create something like that with that kind of material or that surface and put it up on a wall? And I can, you know, create a pattern and then you can give them a certain pattern or maybe they react to certain numbers or whatever else. So, uh, truthfully, I mean, I, I, w- I went from, I was tracing Dasani bottle caps. 
in, wow. in my kitchen to uh, creating a pattern and then going through the patent process and the trademark process and, you know, having the, these attorneys and finding manufacturers and uh, really shed some light on small business ownership. You're like um, an entrepreneur in your field. Do you, right, do you, do you right. foresee more uh, developments coming like that? I mean, are you kind of always on the lookout for ideas like yeah, that? You know, I always I always have been. I've always, I mean, I try to be as creative as I can. And, and try to come up with new ways, uh, new exercises, new techniques, new things to to um, just challenge these guys with. And that was just one particular thing that was I just kind of thought of and created. And you know, it's been it's been a neat product to, to and have. That's, and, and that's for shoulder injuries. Well, for, you can use it for shoulders, ankles, knees, Is that hips right? for for your core. Is um, it just for teams, or can the average person that wants to use it? Can uh, they, both. Can they? I mean, there's there's. What's several it, teams what's that have it, called? it. I feel like I, I need to put this out in the universe. What's it called? <laughs> it's called the DS2 Platform. DS2 and Platform. You can go to ds2platform.com. And uh, so it's a board with... This a is like the best kept secret ever. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, but, no, I appreciate it. But that's it, that's it's, amazing. Uh, it's, Especially that other teams and other sports found right. a need for the same thing. And you're the one that... Right. And, and people in rehab... Came up with it. You know, thank you. Um, but people in rehab use it all the time and... Even when they when they have left, you know their clinics, they they have purchased it for their own use at home and uh, just to continue their therapy or their exercises and stuff. So, it has it's it's been a neat neat thing to to kind of see it grow over the the last several years and and just you know when we get orders from you know a random clinic here or there all across the country, that's pretty neat. That is pretty, that is really cool because you're helping cool. people that are now outside of your organization right get better and healthy. Right. And I would think ultimately that's your goal. Right. So uh, that in, is in that is it's it's uh it's it's neat to just be able to contribute again you know to to the rehab profession and and just to the exercise industry in general and uh, others find that interesting and and useful. I, that's awesome. That's great, and I feel like I can't possibly ask you anything that's even more interesting than that. But there is actually something that I Drew Doherty wanted me to ask you about. Uh oh. Um, you <laughs> and this will be the last question because I okay. think after this there, you're gonna you're gonna just want to leave. This is uh, scary. The luchid, there was a luch, a fan that gave you a luchador mask <laughs> at a game. Did That's this right. really happen, or did Drew make this up and is just setting me up to task here in, in, a, in an interview? No, that uh, that actually okay. did happen. Our friend uh, Armando in Mexico City. Oh, I know Armando. You know Armando, right? right? He was at training camp last year in West That's Virginia correct. as well. Okay. That's correct. Um, and so it was him when we weren't uh, when we played uh, there uh, against the Raiders. And and I mean, I'm running up the tunnel. Okay. I, don't, I don't remember if it was pregame or halftime. I'm not or postgame. I'm not really sure. And then he just yelled at me and, and threw that at me. <laughs> and so uh, and I actually there's a picture out there somewhere. But I I had somebody snap a photo of me wearing it and. Oh, that's snooze, hilarious. snoozing, you know, or acting like I was asleep. <laughs> so it does exist. There is evidence somewhere. Uh, but it, the fans love you too. Yeah. Apparently. Well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's neat, and uh, it's um, you know, I, that is a funny moment that uh, I wasn't expecting that, but he did give me that mask. Drew is correct. Okay, good. So you've got a luchador mask at home, and you're the That's inventor right. of some pretty cool stuff, the DS2 platform. That's correct. Always great. Stop so. by any time, Roland. I'd love to have you back in studio on the podcast. Thank you, DP. It's uh, definitely an honor to be here. I appreciate it. You do a great job. Well, thank, thank you. you so much. This is Roland Ramirez, Re- Director of Rehabilitation, Associate Head Athletic Trainer for the Houston Texans. Thanks so much for listening. That's going to do it for the Deep Slant Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave review. And as always, go Texans.